0: Wednesday, and it is rumor innuendo for Wednesday. I'm Dominic D'Angelo from Ad-Free Shows, scscoops.com, and I'm here with, as always, Robert Karpolis, Creative underscore-ish on X, and I'm happy to be with him today. Robert, good to see you. Happy Wednesday, man.
1: Happy Wednesday. Uh, hell of a, a show we got for you today. The show has gotten even bigger than the run sheet when the run sheet was originally written, but I couldn't help but notice as we were watching that that countdown uh from 60 to zero. When it hit 10, a certain guy popped in my mind that we'll be talking about in just a little bit. Uh wanna uh throw some shoutouts here to those folks in the chat room. Uh first, uh Christopher Zanto, good morning from California. Let's talk some Billy and the CW. I'm ready. Got the pumpkins playing in the background. I'm re- I'm really Let's hook them up. Uh, look, Chris, we were all ready to talk about Billy in the CW. Unfortunately, bigger news story has has emerged today. Unless Chris, you want us to forego talking the legacy of Virgil? That's right. I'll put that's- this on you, Chris. Do you want to uh, you want to besmirch our uh, our, our our man Virgil? Alt Jake here says, "RIP Virgil. The afterlife got a little more meaty." Dom, I think that's the perfect
0: place for us to start. That's it. Yeah, we are going to start with that. Uh, Virgil, uh, better known, well, known as Mike Jones, uh, passed away today, uh, this morning at the age of 61. Um, he was suffering from dementia. He was diagnosed with dementia back in 2022 and then suffered a series of minor strokes, uh, even uh, up until last week, I believe, he had summoned uh, Mark Charles, who is actually a referee in the local promotion for KSWA, uh, was with the family when he passed um, the quote uh he issued today on facebook i happened to see was my dear friends is with great sorrow that i bring news from the jones family of the passing of our beloved michael jones whom we known and loved as virgil vincent soul train jones and more virgil passed peacefully at the hospital this morning and i ask that you pray for him and his family may his memory be eternal robert obviously we know virgil from being the butler of the million dollar man but then he's got he Got pretty a notorious reputation on the independent scene and at conventions and all that stuff. Uh, what is your has been your experience with Virgil, or what's your overall thoughts his legacy that he leaves with the business?
1: So I never worked with Virgil uh, during my time in in WWE or or an MLW or really run across him uh, directly. I think once or twice interacted on Twitter, uh, but. If you are a wrestling fan of a certain age, and, and I'm in that certain age, I'm I'm 41, uh, and I was texting with uh, Mike Lawrence, who's one of my co-hosts on Wrestle Rose, great uh, comedian. The time when Virgil turned on the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and stood up for himself was a seminal moment of wrestling fandom for a lot of us. If you grew up in that Hulkamania era, if you were a fan in the in the 80s to early 90s. You know that moment with Virgil was so well earned and such a huge uh, moment. It's something that, as a as a fan, as a kid, you were hooked. You were emotionally invested in Virgil standing up for himself and and unseating the million dollar man. And I think that moment solidifies Virgil within the confines of of wrestling history. The the name obviously a a joke uh, a rib at the expense of the American Dream Dusty Rhodes whose real name is Virgil Runnels they wanted to make him Ted DiBiase's manservant uh, Vince had always said that he felt that Ted DiBiase would be the character he could play if he were a wrestler so that says a lot uh, about uh, about Vince but Virgil made a, uh, a lasting impression on fans who watched her in that era when he went over to WCW and they named him Vincent as a shot at Vince McMahon. He's a guy who you're not going to have a list of five-star Virgil matches. You know, people are not going to spend today going and pulling out uh, Virgil and Masawa off VHS tape somewhere, but he was a great sports entertainment character. He is a guy that made a career in this business and then develop sort of a second career as a, as an internet meme. We've all seen the, the pictures of, of Virgil alone at a table uh, set up in a subway or, or wherever that may be to, to try to get, uh, sell autographs, cash in on that legacy. He'd come back a number of times to WWE and AEW. Oh, he's, he's, he's one of those guys who's just sort of been synonymous with the wrestling business uh, he's someone I look back fondly on in terms of just wrestling fandom. And uh, yeah, you know, rest in peace, Virgil. Uh, Dom, have you had
0: any or any, any inter... That was hard for me to say. Any interactions with Virgil? Yeah, I've had a couple. Um, so back in 2009, uh, I was just at Clarion University. I was leaving. I was going to go move to Philadelphia. But before that, there was um, there was a signing in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Bruno San Martino, uh, Dominic DiNucci were going to be there. And, I, you know... I grew up a huge fan of Bruno, like always wanted to meet him, always wanted to get that interaction. So I go to the Greensburg Mall with my brother, Marcus. Sure enough, we meet Bruno. Uh, great experience. Told him my great-grandfather watched him wrestle, all that stuff. And he was like, surprised. Very nice. Dominic DiNucci is very nice. So we're going, we're, we get done with that. We're walking around the mall. On the other level of the Greensburg Mall, there's Virgil. And um, he like starts, Marcus, my brother, starts chatting him up a little bit and stuff like that. and um. Marcus is like, hey, man, can I get like a picture or something? Or like, I think Virgil offered to get a picture for like $10. And Marcus is like, I don't have that. How about five bucks? And he was like, all right, I'll take five bucks. So $5 picture for my brother, Marcus, with Virgil. Um, And then I got to meet him again, uh, just in passing. We, I'm, I live in the Little Italy area of Bloom of Pittsburgh, so it's called Bloomfield. They have a thing called Little Italy Days, where there's all these stands set up, people, tables, everything like that. Sure enough, Virgil was at one of them, like probably about four years ago, and so brief interaction with him there. But that's kind of been it. But, yeah, I mean, my fandom, uh, like, it kind of it is Like, Virgil had an impact during that era, like, from when you think about it, from, you know, obviously his Ted DiBiase experience. But, yeah, I, I grew up a WCW kid and being very invested in that NWO angle and everything like that. I mean, he felt like a valuable aspect to that whole thing in a lot of ways. Just an added character that you recognize from WWE that was in that group that, like, just run rough shot over wcw so he added that other element on there fun to see him as a manager on wcw nwo revenge all that stuff so um
1: yeah that i mean look he had action figures he was in video games he was a part of the the wrestling world and i'm sure there's going to be an outpouring of of support and meat sauce related tweets and messages virgil the Unofficial official spokesperson of Olive Garden, so hopefully <laughs> they they capitalize on that there. But uh, big, no no easy way to transition off of that. We'll just say uh, R.I.P. Virgil. Also, not not the best time to do a Blue Chew ad right after that. Usually after our top story, that's where we go. The only person who probably would have appreciated it probably would have been Virgil. <laughs> Might have been Virgil. He would have been like, "This is great. This is awesome. You got to pay me a cut of whatever you're getting uh, from you that." Have, Robert, just go into it. Just oh, I'm go going. I, I was going with it because okay. you know what? Rather than taking that five dollars and getting a picture with Virgil. We want to find, we want to tell you a better way to spend that $5 because this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence, that little extra meat sauce in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them any day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. These tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. BlueChew, guys, wants to help you. Have better sex. You want to get that million-dollar title in bed just like Virgil had. You want to throw it up over your shoulder so you can discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code RUMOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. You don't need that $5 for a Virgil picture. You're going to use it here. That's BlueChew.com, promo code RUMOR, and receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this fond remembrance of Virgil. Yes, never-ending breadsticks indeed for the meat sauce. And a little shout-out right here to Johnny Disco. I come for the wrestling news and stay for the BlueChew ads. Not the way I thought you were going to use the word come in that sentence, but we're going to take it. Nice to have you here. $5 shipping. We use that promo code RUMOR, but
0: 10 10 is the magic number for our next story, Dom. That's right. And I give you a 10 on that ad read. And it's for, obviously, hey, Sean Spears back in NXT. But he is not the perfect 10-tied Dillinger. He is indeed Sean Spears. He attacked uh, Ridge, Ho- Ridge Holland uh, with a chair, nonetheless. And those cryptic messages we've been seeing for several weeks on end on NXT programming ended up being Sean Spears. And yeah, uh He's legit Sean Spears, not Ty Dillinger. Robert, what do you kind of think of this, uh, him back in the NXT fold? Seems like a good move because he's taught wrestling and uh, has trained wrestlers and stuff to, like that. So, And he's got a good veteran perspective on things. Give me your thoughts. Sean
1: Spears was a guy during his last WWE run that got that 10 gimmick over at a point in time where there were significant constraints on the creative uh, avenues for wrestlers. So we've talked about this of late. We talked about Rob Fee and his new role. We've seen what's gone on with Drew McIntyre, with, with uh, Alpha Academy, our truth a number of guys who when they give you the ball and run with it, they make the most of it. And that was what Sean Spears did in an era where that really was not allowed. I would put him up there with Zack Ryder in terms of guys who got a groundswell of fan support uh, when the WWE was not necessarily all clued in on this guy. When he went over to AEW as a as a, a friend of Cody Rhodes as a very capable hand, he was used intermittently. He would get heated up, they would put him out there, and then they would cut his water off. I think when he was the the, the chairman, that stuff worked. Even when he was doing that that chair gimmick with with MJF, it was a lot of fun. He he's a guy who has the look, who has the size. <sighs> Um, something just crashed in the background there. That's that was dish. food dish. That was Sean Spears. He's swinging the chair behind you. Uh, we're not putting him over enough, but no, I think he's a he's exactly what you want for NXT. He's someone who can train the younger guys, work in the performance center. He's someone who's going to be able to contribute immediately on TV. He's the guy who's willing to who risk his body and his neck by working with Ridge Holland. Who I don't love Ridge Holland's gimmick. I don't love playing up what happened in real life with, with Big E, but that's beside the point. I think that this is a great hire for NXT and a, a great situation for Cody to have another ally there uh, as you go into WrestleMania. He's someone who can tell that American Nightmare Cody Rhodes story and give you a little bit of
0: extra emotional oomph. That's a great ad- addition too, yeah, in, in regards to that. And Cody did tweet out. He just tweeted out 10. For the, to reference uh, Sean. Um, But yeah, Robert, I kind of wanted to get your perspective on this too. What do you think about him going by Sean Spears instead of Ty Dillinger? Do you think that's an intentional like move by WWE to kind of be like, Hey, like we can, we're going to get this guy over in our own right and make him stand out something that you guys didn't necessarily take advantage of. Or how do you kind of feel that laying out in a lot of ways? I
1: think there's a part of that where the Ty Dillinger character carries with it some baggage. Mm-hmm. When you when you look back and think of it, you're thinking of of ten. Uh, he's a guy who AEW should have truly capitalized on. I think he should have been a lot more plugged in, a lot more useful than how they used him. So bringing him back in, calling him Sean Spears, you don't want to insult the audience necessarily. We we saw that when when Nash came back and he didn't come back as Diesel. Uh, when Sean Waltman came back, he didn't come back as the one two three kid. The NXT audience. It's a smaller audience. It's a savvier audience. It's the same audience that's most likely watching AEW. So why not capitalize on that name recognition? There are fans, believe it or not, who might not know that Sean Spears was Ty Dillinger. So to them, this is a huge jump. This is a guy who went from AEW to WWE. We're using huge in a, in a relative term here. Um, you know, you may need to pop a Bluetooth for it to quantify as huge. Mm-hmm. But good pickup. Good addition, same way they're using the good brothers on NXT. It's complimentary pieces. It's you're you're building a, a young brand, but leveraging some of those more established stars. That was the vibe, that was the point of NXT. It's like
0: a, a massive, glorified indie, and I'm here for it. I'm excited. I am too. And you mentioned the good brothers. Somebody that has tie to the good brothers is somebody that's likely headed to WWE is uh Tamatonga. Uh, first reported by Wrestling Observer newsletter and then confirmed by Fightful, the Tamatanga seems all but headed towards WWE. He's the adopted son of Haku. Obviously, the grill is a destiny. Him and uh, Tangaloa together in New Japan really carved, helped form the Bullet Club. Uh, he, he's a versatile player, I think. Great on the mic, underrated on the mic, I would say, and um. Where do you kind of see him fitting in? Would you plug him into the bloodline? Or, I mean, obviously he has those Bullet Club ties. You could do something him with AJ Styles and the Good Brothers too. There's there's some options when it comes to uh, uh, Tamatonga.
1: I think, you know, Tamatonga is a guy that I'm a, a huge fan of. Uh, he, uh, fun footnote, he was the very first match in the returning MLW. It was a surprise, one-off, him and Danny Burch. Hell of a lot of fun. Super nice guy. I mean, yeah. he's got a menacing appearance to him. He he looks like a, a guy you do not want to mess with. Uh, but super nice, really, really talented. I'd said for a little while I thought that he was going to find his way into WWE. I'm excited that he's there. I think he is an immediate addition to the bloodline. Mm-hmm. I think that is another number that they need. We commented on the the finish of Raw with Heyman with the the cops, just felt a little lesser than whether this is. Roman being unseated after he loses at Mania and Rock brings in another young guy. This is somebody to work uh, to team with Solo. Maybe him and Jimmy are working together. You need to have another piece. There needs to be more to the bloodline than what currently exists. Our hope is Tamatanga. maybe, fingers crossed, Jacob Fatu. You've now refreshed that group and the advantage that they have, the collateral uh, that the goodwill that they collateral the goodwill that they've accumulated the currency the word i was looking for there uh, <laughs> that they've got from the from the bloodline is you brought solo in as a guy from NXT and he suddenly feels like a main event level threat jimmy uso feels like an individualized you know heel he's like he's joe pesci from goodfellas jay uso became main event main event jay uso coming off of this there's still a lot of juice in the bloodline people laugh when when uh, Paul Heyman, uh, the 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 advocate, one of my all time favorites, uh, said last year that we were only in the bottom of the third when we were coming up to Mania and people were like, I don't know, guys, we're, this this baseball game is still going on. So, you know, let's let's get Ken Burns out here. Let's start filming the documentary. <laughs> but really excited about it. Great signing by uh, by Hunter
0: and by WWE. I know. I'm. He's somebody that's so versatile. You could plug him in a lot of ways. As a really, really good heel, a really, really good baby face. It'll be interesting to see where they lay him out, especially with the USOs likely facing one another at WrestleMania and stuff like that too. Where would where does he come into play? Good stuff. Um, something else pretty chock full of news was the, the TKO Holdings the 2023 business report uh, mentioned Vince McMahon. Uh, they say Vince still holds voting power in the statement made. Vincent K. McMahon, who served as executive chair of the company's board of directors until January 26, 2024, controls a significant portion of the voting power of the issued and outstanding shares of the company's common stock. Now, Robert, get, you can give your perspective here. I can continue because there's some stuff more regarding Vince McMahon as uh, Mark Shapiro distance themselves from vince but do you have any kind of perspective on him having voting power at this moment in time when it comes to
1: so yes i do want to because the the coo had a comment he said that uh, he being vince will do whatever he's going to do and we're all on the sidelines uh we'll have a look we'll see we have no idea on timing we're not having any discussions with him he's given us no point of view on his motive or his plans to sell or not sell or if he does how much so we're going to wait around and find out just like you minor business entities point of clarification here so Vince voluntarily stepped down from from his position uh however voluntary that may be is, is debatable but he still does own uh a significant amount of stock and you cannot necessarily force somebody to sell their their shares the stock that they own that is what Vince has those shares come with voting rights Vince has sold stock before he may sell stock again but this is not a, a revelatory story. This is not you know, breaking news that Vince is back or he now has power. He is a shareholder. If you are a shareholder in a company, you have potential voting rights, whether that is one share or a thousand shares or a million shares. So Vince is going to have some degree of voting power. He doesn't have enough to be a majority to make any sort of material decisions. I don't think he wants to. The only thing that he has right now to really protect his financial future is the health and stability of TKO. And that's mm-hmm. why he stepped back. That's why he has stepped away. And he will sell portions of those shares over time to help fund increasing legal bills. And eventually when he goes and and hides out in Saudi Arabia, living with the Royal family, that's that is by the way, how I legitimately see this uh, an avenue of this ending for Vince wow, is like. he's made friends with the, the Saudi Royal family. I think that they would probably welcome having him over there and he would live uh pretty well in uh in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, uh far from all the issues going on here in the United States.
0: Wow, man, what a development that would be.
1: Jeez. I think that'd be I'd be wild, but I could I could kind of see it. But I also see there's a there's that part of Vince that like no retreat, no surrender, right. like, like i have the crowd. government, I'm staying. You, you never know with Vince, you, the dude grew a mustache. The right. guy hated facial hair for so long. Like that was one of the things I was like, don't grow facial hair. If you're working here now, I have facial hair. This is a post COVID <laughs> phenomenon, but never had facial hair. It was like, I don't want to deal with, with in the Fisher. It's like Steinbrenner and sideburns, right? Uh, stuff, stuff I don't want to uh, deal with, but you know what? I do want to deal with Dom. Uh, I want to deal with uh, all elite wrestling, which has a big
0: <clears throat> show tonight. Tonight. Yeah, we're gonna here's a little preview here. They had this all listed on the advertisement graphic for tonight's show, which is hailing from Conrad land in Huntsville, Alabama, by the way. Uh, Sting's final dynamite. Well, you'll see Conrad in the front row. uh, Wherever he's sitting, you'll probably still see him. We love Uh, you, Conrad. There we go. We love you. Eddie Kingston and FTR will be tagging up to fight the Blackpool Combat Club and Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanagli, and John Moxley. Uh, a legacy match here. Chris Jericho returns to AEW Dynamite to fight Atlantis Jr., who Chris <laughs> Jericho made note that he fought uh, his father uh, when they were in CMM, CMLL together as Corazio de Leon. Uh, also on tap, we have Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue. Will Osprey will make his official debut as an official AEW roster member. And then Hangman Page addresses his revolution status. Uh, Robert, what... Do you kind of hope to look out for here when it comes to maybe a creative change, a new era kind of seeing We got Jennifer Pepperman now in the mix and everything like that. What are you kind of hoping to take note of as this show progresses, maybe tonight? So I think on the Jen Pepperman
1: piece, it sounds as though she's being brought in to work with Mercedes Monet. So we may not see her fingerprints on anything until we get to big business, mm-hmm. where it kind of feels like that's when we're going to see the former Sasha Banks show up. It's Sting's Last Dynamite. We talked about this before. They've teased this Flare heel turn, I think, specifically so you can get one last Flare and Sting in the ring on Turner television with Shivani in the middle of the ring. It's pure fan service, but I have a feeling that's what we're going to wind up getting. Uh, one last time Flare and Sting antagonistic, Tony standing in the middle, looking lost with an earring. Uh, waiting for his time cue. We love you, Tony. Eventually that suit will fit. Um, Eddie and FTR versus Black Combat Club. So I I don't tend to watch Collision. I watched it this past week uh, for a uh, WrestleRoast Patreon uh, episode that I did with uh, with uh, Scott Chaplin, Dan St. Germain, my co-hosts. And it was great seeing FTR in action because they're just not on Dynamite. It was great seeing Eddie Kingston. He doesn't show up on Dynamite. Glad to see them there. I think it'll be... A really fun match. The Jericho thing. Anytime I mention Chris Jericho on this show, guys, people are like, "Oh no, here it is." Click. Oh time. god, <laughs> wrong, wrong guy. That was that was previous management. Um, we we've talked about the problems of having Chris Jericho on TV, of it being a distraction, of of it being something that has taken away from the the overall product, having him on there against a masked guy who I wrestled your dad once. I don't know what you're really accomplishing here because if it's a babyface lion heart, Chris Jericho against a, a mask, you know, mass wrestler in Huntsville, Alabama, that's not really fitting that specific target audience. If you're trying to tell a larger story, Jericho does not have a match uh, at revolution. It feels weirdly self-indulgent for someone who it's probably best if he just takes some time off. Uh, Osprey returning in his debut re-debut. That should be your big, your big moment there. Problem is it's going to be saddled with, uh,
0: with Don Callis. Yeah, that's a, I don't know. It just seems like an afterthought too, especially when it comes to this is Sting's final dynamite. You want to make this seem big and will Osprey be in the mix and everything like that. Uh, I just kind of keep thinking too, in a lot of ways, you know, and I think I referenced this before on the show is like the build that they've WWE's been doing for Andrade, like with the vignettes and everything coming back, the video packages. Heck, they did something with Grayson Waller here uh, on Raw this past week, uh, like a little video package. You know, you haven't really gotten that with Osprey, have you, on it on AEW? It just hasn't, you know, you want to make him feel like a big star, big talent. He is one, but you got to position it in the right way. And it's just I don't know. Uh, I obviously hope it, it's it'll be tuned in television because the stings final dynamite and what you ha- happen to say with flair and stuff like that, those possibilities coming into play. And then uh, we will get some update on hangman should be an interesting show either way going in. Into- oh yeah. There's the hangman update too. The yeah. is, his are is his ankle
1: hurt? Is there something else going on? Are we trying to swerve you bro? Cause it's swerve Strickland. It's- um. Yeah.
0: I- Muddy in the waters, Robert. The paper
1: the pay-per-view is is Friday. Uh actually, fun little plug here, guys. Tomorrow, Thursday, is the uh the the press scrum, the, the Tony Khan uh pre-revolution press scrum. And our own Dominic D'Angelo will be on there to ask a pointed question. Uh it'll be interesting to see what. What comes out of that, uh, that brain of yours and uh, what what how Tony responds. You know, Tony has been, to put it politely, hit and miss with some of these press conferences, with the way he's handled some of these questions in the past. I don't know what issues are, are going to arise. I think this, for him right now, he wants it to be all smiles. Coming into the last pay-per-view, uh, there were some issues that had uh, occurred due to some potential rumor and innuendo. Not that anything that we're talking about here today, but uh of late the, the new story is hey, we got a new logo.
0: Yes, the new logo, new look, everything like that. Uh coming up, uh that'll be on the following dynamite here, and then leading into big business. Uh I'm wondering how big of a refresh button this is gonna be. Like, will this be a new change for AEW moving forward in 2024 with all these elements coming to play? New look, Sting Retiring, Jennifer Pepperman, all these is- perspective elements or is it just, um, window dressing? What, what's going to happen exactly? So, um,
1: well, if you, guys- you, you wonder, and then you see Chris Jericho versus Atlantis jr. <laughs> there you go. And you're like, well, okay.
0: So, <laughs> you
1: know, we, we've seen some interesting shifts. I think there was a Hobbs Sammy Guevara match on collision that really demonstrated how great of not only a wrestler Hobbs is, but a storyteller. So yeah. the moment in that match, and it's, it's worth highlighting here for, for 20 seconds He forces Kevin Kelly to stand up and he makes him take off his belt. This is not an event NDA situation. He takes that belt and then whips Sammy Guevara with it. It was such a great little bit of, of bullying of storytelling, playing it into the match. We've seen the elevation of what's going on with Wardlow and his, hopefully shedding the devil and all that nonsense. And we can just move on because good, bad or indifferent our boy, Tony uh, reads the Observer awards, and when he saw, you know, worst story of the year, the Devil, worst feud of the year, MJF and the Devil, uh, I think he sees the tea leaves and is like, you know what? Maybe we we push this thing off to to dark and dark elevation, uh, which no longer exists. So put all that on there, uh, and and focus on the stuff that people do want to see, which is. They want to see Swerve. They want to see Osprey. They want to see great wrestling. They want to be able to say goodbye to Sting in in a way that is befitting of Sting. Uh, and damn it, we want a new logo. Yeah, Give that'll us fix boy. everything. That fixed everything in WCW. Did it? Getting, their, getting their ass kicked during the Attitude Era? Ratings going down. And what they did is they brought that new logo that uh, that that looked like a flying Jewish star from like Jews in Space and History of the World Part <laughs> One and. Then WCW won the ratings war. Yeah, that's right. Above, above average Mike Sanders and Jindrak and O'Hare. And uh, they they crushed this Austin and Rock guy. And here we are in the Nitro era. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's that's completely wrong. Uh, but what's not completely wrong is the fact that you want to hear more Dominic D'Angelo. Dom, where else
0: can the fine folks hear you? Sure, guys, you can find me at one of a kind with RVD. If you go to RVDTV.com. We got the new episode up. As I said before, Sabu was our special guest. Very, very, very fun episode. Uh, Sabu gives some good stories. RVD, just hearing him and RVD just shoot it together is great stuff. Uh, and also yesterday dropped a new episode of Straight Talk with the Boss, Magnum TA and Greg Gagne. Uh, we'll cover Bruiser Brody, cover all the ongoing elements, including uh, The Rock's new heel turn, stuff. fun stuff like that. Uh, very excited to talk to them, get their perspectives on only Anderson and Virgil as well, coming up on the, this week's recording. Uh, but Hey guys, if you do have a suggestion, maybe what you want me to ask Tony Khan during this, uh, media call, uh, drop them in the comments down here. Well, Let we do know. have that.
1: We do have the hashtag hashtag ripod. That is the official yeah. hashtag for rumor and innuendo. Uh, so if you have a question that you want, Dominic D'Angelo to ask Tony Khan tomorrow, Tweet it at us uh, at hashtag. Just use the hashtag RIPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tweet that to any of the places where you may be watching and streaming this show right now. So at Dominic D'Angelo's Twitter at Creative underscore ISH at SEScoops, as well as at Podcast Heat. And then also the Rumor Innuendo and Ad Free Shows YouTube pages where we are streaming Man, we are everywhere we're uh, wherever you get your your podcasts as Dom's doing a I can't tell if that's an everywhere thing or you're like a mime slowly drowning. It's up to
0: interpretation. Just all like, right.
1: Well, yeah. on on behalf of the highly interpretive Dominic D'Angelo, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck
0: in your future endeavors. Goodbye. R.I.P. to Virgil.